All right, that's better. All right, good morning. Good to be back in God's house, and uh, I've actually had a couple weeks that I didn't preach, and I was filming it this past week. I said, like, got to have at least one Sunday, so we're going to have to work something out. Homecoming and Baptist Men's Day, we're going to have to gap them out a little bit, okay? All right, if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, we'll be in the Gospel of John, chapter 10 this morning. We'll be in verses 22 through 30. The title of the message is Assurance of the Believer. Now, assurance of the believer. Assurance is a word that we really anchor into. We all want assurance, correct? We all want to be sure about things. We want assurance. Now, assurance of the believer doesn't mean there's not assurance of a non-believer because certain things are going to happen to non-believers that are sure and they're definite and they have an assurance in that. But the thing is, we're going to focus on assurance of the believer, but there's going to be some things that we talk about. Now, let me tell you something. I've got to be careful because there's going to be some tough questions in here. When we look at this passage of Scripture, God has some tough questions for us in this Scripture. And I'm going to share them with you. I shared them with Jason this morning. I was talking to him. You know, I've been all week kind of wondering if I should take them out, not have them in there, not ask them. But I can't shy away from certain things just because they're a little delicate, right? can't shy away from God's Word because it's not comfortable. Because God's Word is intended to encourage. It's intended to teach. It's intended to... Uh, bring us forward, but it's also a, a form of correction a lot of times. And so there's a lot of some things. I want you just to bear with me on a few things we're going to talk about this morning that are very delicate, but they're very pointed. And so a few things I want to share with you this morning on that. The Bible speaks many times about the role of the shepherd and the role of the sheep. Man, there's a lot in the Bible about shepherds, a lot in the Bible about sheep. We've talked about that more than just one or two verses. There's a lot in there about that. When you think about the shepherd. We often think about something or someone who provides guidance. He provides protection or, or she, the one. They provide comfort, safety, security. These are all things that the shepherd provides. When we think about sheep, we get the impression of a follower, someone or something that needs the guidance of the shepherd, someone and something that needs the security and the protection of the shepherd. These are two things that we talk about. When you look in the Old Testament, the 23rd Psalm is one of the most common passages of Scripture in the Bible. I mean, it, it's specific talking about the shepherd. When you read that passage of Scripture, you understand that the psalmist David, what he's talking about. He's sharing with you about the fact of, of the shepherd, of what the shepherd does and what the sheep does. Because David in his life had the opportunity of being an earthly shepherd. But he also had the opportunity of being sheep during his life. He had some tough situations in his life. He had to depend on God the Father multiple times throughout his life to help him. And so he served as a shepherd, but he also served as sheep. And so he knew the comparisons of that. He knew the importance of that. There's value in both of those positions. And we want to talk about that this morning. He understood each of the roles that, that was needed to be served. And when you think about it, the shepherd guides into green pastures. He guides into safety. He guides into to nutrition for water. Those are all things that he did, and we know that. Jesus referred many times in his teachings to the value of the shepherd. He also talked about the importance and the value of the sheep at the same time. Each role has a specific characteristic and a specific function. There's a place for the shepherd, and there's a place for the sheep. This morning, 
Let's open up God's word together and see how Jesus emphasized about the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. Now, let me share something with you just a second before we get into the scripture. All scriptures, God breathed and useful for teaching and correcting. Amen. Amen. It's all used. Let's, uh, it's, it's useful for guidance. It's used for comfort. It's useful for encouragement. Now, when we study the Word of God, we need to look inward. We always need to look at ourselves. This is, this is first things first, and we're talking about ourselves. How does it affect me? Now, when I'm preaching the Word of God, you're hearing the Word of God, but it also points back to me, okay? So it's not just something for you. It's something for us. What is God saying in this passage? What is God saying in the passage that we're going to read? We want to understand what he's actually saying. How do I take that passage and apply it to my life? What is he talking to me about? Now, you say, well, Brother Kerry, you preach on something that has nothing to do with me this morning. I mean, that's not me. I mean, just think about it. There's somebody in your life. If it's not you, you're directly related or contacted or in in association with somebody that needs to hear this message this morning. Now, there may be only one person in this congregation that needs to hear it, and they may be watching online. I don't know, but I know all I know is that God expects me to deliver this message, and he wants us to hear it. The word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. Amen? Amen? Let's listen. Let's look at it together, and let's open up God's Word together. If you are able, would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word? John 10, starting in verse 22, says this. Then the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem, and it was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple of Solomon's colonnade. The Jews surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. 25 says this, I did tell you, and you don't believe, Jesus answered them. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Verse 30, so important. I and the Father are one. Pray with me, please. Most gracious Heavenly Father, God, I just ask that you bless the reading of your word. Father, I ask you cleanse me of every sin, cleanse me of every impurity. God, I just ask that you hide me behind your cross, God, and allow me to deliver your message to your people. These things I ask in your Son's precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. This is an awesome passage of Scripture. And let's, let's look at it together. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. And he refers to the people in his flock. The people in his congregation as sheep. His children, his followers. That's how he refers to us as the sheep. He is the good shepherd. The Bible describes him as the great shepherd. But he said, I am the good shepherd. And that's what he says. And, and the people under his care are, are his sheep. Now we're going to talk about two things this morning. Focusing on the believer and the non-believer. And that's where the sheep come into effect. Because that's what I want you to understand this morning. Being one of Christ's sheep is not a right that we deserve. We talk about that week in and week out. It's not something we've earned. We can't work our way into it. It's something that he freely gives us. It's the gift of salvation. It's a gift that God gives each of us. And all we have to do is receive it. Jesus holds out the offer to the world And anybody can accept it. He doesn't just invite certain people 
people into his flock, into his shepherd, uh, bringing them into the flock. He offers this invitation to the whole world. He's basically saying, listen up, I want you to be my sheep and I want you to follow me. That's basically paraphrasing what, what I'm saying is, is that's what Jesus is saying. All you have to do is accept it. I want to be your leader. I want to be the one that you follow. That's the invitation that Jesus gives out. Now, let me ask you something. Invitation's important to you? Is invitations important to you in general? Well, we give out invitations uh, when we're getting married. We get out invitations when we graduate. And we get out invitations for all kinds of events because we want people to come. And invitations are important. Let me just throw this out at you. Did you hear what was going on over at Brother Kerry's house? He's having a, a big gathering. Are you going? And the answer was no. I said, well, why aren't you going? I said, well, I didn't get an invitation. What do you feel? How do you feel about that? Well, let me just tell you flat out. Only thing going on at Brother Kerry's house is a bunch of manual labor right now. And you got an open invitation to come if you want to come. <laughs> Invitations are important. And we look at this. Some people think they belong to Jesus, but they don't really follow him. Y'all know anybody like that? Some people say they belong to Jesus, but they don't really follow him. Their, their life doesn't present that. In other words, they aren't his sheep. That's the where it's going to get tough. Let me tell you about that. that means that we're going to talk about that. People following Jesus, they say they know him, but they only call on him when, they, when certain things happen. They call him when life gets difficult. They call him when, when things are not going quite their way. They call him when they're having a, a tough day, but they're not following him. That's a completely different one. Otherwise, he's not part of their active life. Now, here's a big, big important thing. Belonging is important. Belong. When you want to belong to something, you want to belong to something that's important. Belonging to Jesus Christ's flock is extremely important. That's what's important. Belonging to Jesus is an important part of the Christian walk. Man, that's how we grow in relationship with him. We want to belong to his family. We want to be in his sheep. In our passive scripture this morning, I want us to look at four distinct characteristics of sheep that belong to Jesus. Now, Jason put those four up for us. But this all has to do with belonging to Jesus Christ. Sheep are sensitive. They're sensitive to the word of God. Let's look at verse 27. When we go back to verse 27, look at it. It says, it's appointed one sentence. Look at it seriously now. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. There's three things that's taking place in this one verse of scripture. Two, the sheep are doing them. One, the shepherd's doing. Look at it again. I want you to pull out these three words. The word hear, the word know, and the word follow. You write that down if you're taking notes. Those are things that are important. My sheep hear my voice. How many times have we said, man, we want to hear from God this morning. We want to hear what he's got to say. When we're looking in his word, when we're studying his word, we say, we want to hear from you this morning. We want to hear from you this evening. It says, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. Man, we, he knows who we are. He knows who his followers are. He knows who has chosen to follow him. He knows his place, their trust in him. And they follow him. It's all part of action. And there's movement involved. There's more than just, just hearing the voice of God. There's more than just reading the scripture. There's following. There's obeying. There's movement that takes place. Man, when he calls you for something, you've got to act and you've got to respond. Amen? Brother Kerry, what does that mean? I like to ask myself questions. I think that's probably what y'all are going to ask me, right? So I just say, Brother Kerry, what does that mean? This is a promise of Jesus Christ. When you think about a promise of Jesus Christ, the promises of Jesus Christ and the promises of God the Father are identical. 
We talked about that in Sunday nights. We talked about it before, that the characteristics are the same in Christ. The characteristics are the same of God the Father. They're part of the, the Holy Trinity. When Jesus promises you something, God promises you the same thing. When Jesus promises you something, it's backed up by the authority of who? God the Father. Man, it's one and the same. So when Jesus gives you a promise, you can count on it. You see in Scripture that it's very similar. When sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, the voice of the shepherd, they automatically causes a response to the sheep. You think about it. Man, how did sheep follow the shepherd in days of sheep to be intended by the shepherd, in days when Jesus walked on this earth? How did the sheep respond to the shepherd? When the shepherd started talking to him, when he started moving, they, they lined up behind him. When he started walking out of the city, there'd be a line of sheep following along behind him. Now, I don't know if he was calling them by name or what he was calling them, but his voice is what was leading them. They were following him. They knew who he was. They heard his voice. They followed him because they were counting on the fact that he was taking them out into the green pastures where they could get something good to eat, where they could find water. They counted on him every single day. He had a strong voice. That's what we know about. He had a strong voice. His voice of the sheep they could count on. He provided safety and he provided guidance. You relate that back to Jesus Christ. He leads us. He provides safety and he provides guidance. The relationship between the sheep and people is very similar. I mean, God refers to them as sheep, but he refers to his followers as sheep. It's an understanding deep inside of oneself after listening to God's word, staying sensitive to the God's Holy Spirit and allowing God to work in our life. Hearing his word, staying sensitive to his word, and allowing him to work in our life, allowing him to move in our life because God wants to use you. He wants to work inside your life. He doesn't want you to be stagnant or idle. He doesn't want you just to come to church on Sunday morning and check that box off. He wants to use you. He wants to work inside your life. He wants you to listen to what he's got to tell you, and he wants you to respond. If you're one of Jesus' sheep, you can say these things. Listen up. God told me in his word. If you're one of his sheep, you can say that. Because when you read the Bible, you say, God told me in his word. He told me this. He gave it to me in his word. He showed me this. And you can mean it because you know it's true. Now, the non-believer does not know that the word of God is true. But a believer knows that the word of God is true. When you read something that directly relates to you, what you're dealing with, isn't it amazing how sometimes devotions do that? When you're dealing with something, you wake up and that devotion just hit just like that, didn't it? And it helped out. It got you through that day. I mean, yeah, I got one this morning, you know, and basically it was a, a verse of Scripture in 1 Thessalonians saying, you know what you need to do today. And basically you know what has to be done today. And that's share the gospel. That's share the, the word of God. Sheep are sensitive to the voice of their shepherd. We want God to talk to us. We want to hear his voice. Isn't that the reason we study his word? Isn't that the sole reason we come together for worship? Because we want to hear from God? That's the reason we, we get together? That's the reason we want fellowship with Him? Because we want to hear from Him? Not only do we want to hear His voice, but we want to act on His voice and we want to respond to His voice. We hear His call and we need to answer that call. I'm, I'm, I'm just testing you a little bit. I mean, let me ask you something. Did God place a call on your life? And you're wondering, well, is he calling me or is he not calling me? Well, let me tell you, just move. Just start moving. Start looking and start, start researching. Start praying and see how he doesn't move on your life. <clears throat> Here's a tough question. I'm going to give you two of them. Two tough questions, all right? If you're not sensitive to the voice of God or the good shepherd, there's a good chance that you're not part of his sheep. You're not one of his sheep. 
if you're not sensitive to word. Number two, sheep are obedient. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And here's the important part. They follow me. All throughout the ministry of Jesus Christ, he called people to follow him. When you think about it, he had a, he filled a boat full of fish. And then what happened? Peter, Andrew, James, and John all followed him. I mean, it was something else. He looked, he just strictly looked in the eyes of Matthew and said, follow me. And what happened? Matthew, huh? He walked out of the tax collector's booth. He said, hey, I'm, I'm following you. You know, Matthew followed along, was the most hated person in that group. And those, those other disciples said, hold up. Man, you pick somebody else. Don't pick him. You know, but he just simply said, follow me. They don't just sit still. They respond. It's the same call that God places on people today. Sheep hear their shepherd's voice, and they follow, and they obey it. From a human standpoint, we become sheep by believing and placing our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's from a human standpoint. From a divine standpoint, we believe because we're his sheep. And there's a, there's a mystery here. It's called the mystery of the faith. We don't truly understand everything that's taking place. How can some of this stuff be taking place? But we accept it and we rejoice in it. That's what we do. That's called faith. Amen? Amen. The Bible says that God has his sheep and he knows who they are. God has his sheep, and he knows who they are. Let me tell you something. There's assurance for the believer in this, verse, in this passage of Scripture. We want assurance. We want to make sure when I die, when I leave this planet, I'm going to heaven. And that's what this passage is telling you, and that's what I'm trying to, to share with you this morning. The Bible says God has his sheep, and he knows who they are. They will hear his voice, and they respond to it. The lost sinner hears only that God's word uh, knows that. Wait. The lost sinner only knows that God's word says that he is lost and that he needs to place his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But he doesn't know anything beyond that. He hears only that Christ died for his sins and that he can receive the gift of eternal life by trusting him. That's all a lost person can understand. That's all they're going to know when you share the gospel with them because that's all they can perceive because up until that point, they're not Jesus Christ's sheep. And they have to be sheep to understand this. When he trusts the Savior, he or she, he becomes a member of God's family and the sheep in the flock. Now, here's another tough question. If you're not interested in listening to the voice of God so that you can follow the path of obedience, it's very possible that you've never been a member of his flock. And that's just pointed questions. Number three, sheep are confidence. And here's something that's real important. You can know, the Bible says you can know that you're going to be in heaven. Sheep are confident. Sheep know their shepherd's voice. Man, when you think about it, anytime when you know somebody on a personal level, you know exactly who they are, right? For instance, when, when uh, where's Tyler? Okay, I can't call on Tyler. I call him William then. When, when William calls me on his phone, it's, it's caller ID. I know it's William, right? And I say, hey, William. And Ashley says, no, this is not, it's not William. I know automatically who it is, right? Because I know the voice. On a personal level, when you know somebody on a personal level, you know that voice and you hear that voice. You know who they are. You know the sound of their voice. You know the tone in their voice. You quickly identify who they are. You know, when, you're, when somebody calls you and you recognize that voice, it's the same thing. When Jesus Christ calls us, we know his voice. Sheep know the shepherd's voice. And listening and obeying to the voice, they have confidence that they'll stay on the path to righteousness because of God's promises. Amen? Y'all hot? That temperature was cool when we got in here, wasn't it? 
Members of the good shepherd's flock are confident they're on the path of eternal life and they'll never perish. They'll never perish. That's what the Bible says. Let's look at it together. The Bible says believers will have eternal life and never perish. You think about it. Jesus said you're never going to perish. God said you're never going to perish for this sheep. For those who fall, call upon the name of the Lord. John 10, 28. I give them eternal life. This is what Jesus is talking about. I give them eternal life and they'll never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Let's talk about it in a minute. You place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You make a repentance. You turn your life over him. It's a genuine encounter with the Holy Spirit. It's a genuine encounter with God the Father through Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says nothing can take him away from me. That's called eternal salvation, and that's what we believe in. You have eternal life from the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Amen? You're confident. You have destiny is set. Your eternal future is, is set. When you leave this world, you're going to be standing in the presence of the Almighty God. That's what we're striving for. We were not made for this world. We were placed in this world for a period of time, and it's temporary and it's short. But let me tell you, our eternal destination is set. Well, here's another question. Brother Kerry, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I can understand that. I believe that he died on the cross, and I want to make him the Lord of my life, but I don't fully understand all of the stuff that you're trying to tell me, all these things that you're telling me, that's why it's called what? Spiritual what? Growth. It's called spiritual growth. That's why it's called growing in a relationship with the Father. That's why it's called the spiritual journey. That's why we, we study spiritual emphasis, infancy, and then we all the way to what? Spiritual what? Adulthood, right? Spiritual growth. We looked at that on Sunday nights. We walked through those seven steps of spiritual growth because that's what happens when somebody comes to know the Lord all the way up. I'm halfway. Funeral services are difficult. We seem to have a, a, a lot of those occasionally, but, but we've had a lot. Funeral services are very difficult. They're difficult for several reasons, but mainly because someone special has left this earth and gone on to be with the Lord. They're difficult for a number of reasons because we can no longer have the opportunity to talk with them or hear what they have to say. And I'm just like any of you. There's often times when, and days when I would like to ask a question of somebody who's gone on before, who's gone on to, to heaven. And I, I threw that question to Tyler this past week because I was wondering what Brother Sonny would have thought about uh, Baptist Men's Day. I mean, how would he have felt about that? About that, the choir full of men singing and the events that took place. You know, I'm same thing. I'd rather like to ask my mom, my dad, you know, questions. There's sadness that comes on us because of that. But for the believer, there's joy in every funeral service. Thank you. How can you say that? How can you say there's joy in every funeral service? Well, let's just look at it a little bit further. There's joy in every funeral service. There's a joy because of the assurance that the believer has in the saving works of Jesus Christ. The promises in the word of God that God provides for us, he provides assurance, and assurance provides joy. And that's what we get out of that. Two things I want you to, to think about this morning. Two things that every person on this planet has to do. One is to live the life that God has given us to live on this planet. And the other one is to die. That's two things that we have to do. There, uh, life is temporary and it's, it's short. It doesn't matter how many years you get out of it, but it's very short. There is a beginning and there is an end to this life because it's temporary. The same message of assurance uh, of when you know how to die, then you know how to live. Now, Carrie, you're getting a little deep and you're confusing me now. 
Let me slow down just a little bit. When you know how to die, you know how to live. And let me explain that. When you know where you're going when you leave this planet has a direct effect on how you live while you're here. Amen? And when you know where your eternal destination is set, when you know where you're going to spend eternity, when you know when there's going to be no end to what the fellowship of God, when you know that joy is going to be, when you know where the worship's going to be, you know how to live this life, and it changes the way that you live. Non-believers live one way, believers live a different way, amen? Man, you know how to live when you know how to die. The good shepherd says the sheep are confident. When death comes, there's no question. The Bible says absence from the body equals what? presence with the Lord. Number four, sheep are secure. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them from my hand. That is security. That's the security, the promise of God the Father through Jesus Christ. That's security. From the time you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're in the Lord's hands. He's got you. Man, you're in his hands. You're in the comfort of his hands. He's got his arms around you. He holds you and you are secure. One of the most incredible parts of the message of salvation is the accompanying truth that you're secure. I mean, you want to be secure. We all want to be secure in what we do and who, we've, who we trust. Jesus clearly explains. This is that, that last verse of Scripture. The sheep are secure in his hand and in the Father's hand. He says, I and the Father are one. We're one and the same. They'll never perish. What Jesus says, they'll never perish. It's the promise that Jesus makes. And it's also the promise that God's made you think about it. Jesus Christ said in John, they'll never perish. But God said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not, what? Perish, but have eternal life. False teachers, false shepherds bring destruction, but the good shepherd sees to it that his sheep will never perish. The security of God's sheep is assured here in two ways. I want to share those with you. Two ways you can count on this assurance and how we'll never perish. First, by definition, we have eternal life that cannot be conditional because if it's conditional, it wouldn't be eternal. That's the first thing. It cannot be conditional because it's eternal. Second, eternal life is a gift. It's not something we earn. It's not something we deserve. It's a free gift that God gives us, and all we have to do is accept it. If we're not saved by our own good works, I mean, if our own good works didn't get us there, then our own bad works can't lose us. God loves us. Christ alone is how we get it, through his grace alone. God gave us his important promise that sheep will never perish. And this is a promise that cannot be broken. God has never broken a promise. He's fulfilled all multiple promises throughout scripture and he's never broken a promise he's never backstepped on one he's never changed one and that's what it says in this in the bible it cannot be broken jesus did not promise security to anyone but his sheep now that's where it gets delicate jesus didn't make promises to anybody but his sheep jesus went to the cross and he died for every single person on this planet but he doesn't make promises to every single person on this planet he only makes promises to those who accept him as personal lord and savior he died for all of them they all have the opportunity to be the sheep that he that he wants but he doesn't make promises for anybody but the sheep the good shepherd has a threefold relationship with his sheep think about this if you're taking notes he has a loving relationship with his sheep because he died for his sheep he has a living relationship with his sheep because he cares for his sheep. Man, he loves his sheep. He cares for them. He guides them. He takes care of them. And he has a lasting relationship because we're secure. And not one of them are lost. That's what he said. 
then we're secure. Nothing's going to snatch him away from my hand. Nothing can take him away from the Father because I and the Father are one. If you're not sensitive to God's voice, or if you're lacking in obedience, or if you don't have confidence that if you die right now, you're destined to be with Christ eternally, then you can't be secure. You can't be secure. You cannot say that I'm in the Lord's hand. And if this is you, I urge you to accept the Good Shepherd's invitation this morning and become one of his sheep. And I know you probably all already are, but you never know. Your invitation is out there. God makes the invitation. He wants you to be one of his sheep. If you're not truly, if, if, you know, let me tell you something. Going to church doesn't get you to heaven. It doesn't get you to heaven. Serving doesn't get you to heaven. Fixing food doesn't get you to heaven. You know, taking people to the doctor's office don't get you to heaven. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There has to be a time in your life when you turned it over to the Lord and said, Here, it's yours. I want you to lead it. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to come into my heart. I want you to lead, and I'm going to follow. Amen? The God who created the universe, he gave us unconditional love, and he loves people. Man, he loves his people. He didn't desire that anyone should perish. It's what the Bible says. He offers heaven as a free gift. It's not something we earned, and we definitely don't deserve it. Man, we deserve We're sinners saved by grace, and we deserve hell, but God wasn't going to stand for that. He offered us salvation. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Ephesians 2, 8. One of my favorite verses. By grace you are saved through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Man, it's a gift of God. Everybody loves to get a gift. But a gift from God is a treasure. Man is a sinner and cannot save himself. We needed a savior. Romans three twenty three says this. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Man, we inherited that from Adam and Eve, and we're all sinners. Sin increases separation between us and God. We can't get to him. He can't get to us. There had to be a sacrifice. Somebody had to pay for the debt that I owed. Somebody had to pay for the debt that you owed, and that someone was Jesus Christ. He went to the cross for us. He went to a rugged cross. Let me tell you something. If you come tonight, I'm going I'm to I'm describe some of that cross. I'm going to describe some of that. And you think, well, Kerry, you've already done that. Man, you did that right before the crucifixion. Let me tell you something. There's going to be a little bit more of it tonight. But I'm going to explain some things about that cross, that rugged cross that he went to for the salvation for each of us so that we would have eternal life. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know who whoever is? Anybody. God went to the cross through the Son, Jesus Christ, for anybody who calls on the name of the Lord. Friends, when our time on this earth is over, we're going to spend eternity in one of two places. And eternity is too long to be wrong. Maybe this morning you want to make sure and know without a shadow of a doubt that you'll spend eternity in, in heaven with Jesus Christ. Romans 10.9 says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. As simple as that. You invite him into your heart. You turn it over to him. You make him the Lord of your life. You say, hey, you're, you got the controls from this point on. I want, I want to follow you. I want to, I want to be one of your sheep. I want you to lead, and I want to follow, and I want to grow in a relationship with you. I want to, I want to grow together closer with you. And that's what it says this morning. If, if you're one of those, I want you to know in a moment we're going to have a hymn of invitation. I'll be standing down front. I'll be at the front waiting for you. If you want to know more about this Jesus, I'd love to share more with you about him. And I'd love to tell you all about him because he loves you, and he wants to be uh, your shepherd, and he wants you to be sheep. Let me tell you something. Don't go home wondering if you're going to heaven. 
If you're wondering if you're going to heaven, we need to stay here until we get that cleared up. And I'll stay all day if we need to. I don't want you wondering if you're going to heaven because I want you assured that you're going to heaven. Assurance is all what this is all about. Yeah. Father God, I come before you this morning. God, just thanking you for who you are. Thanking you for the, your word, the promises that are in your word. And God, I pray if there's one person, the sound of my voice, that does not know you this morning as personal Lord and Savior, I pray that this day would be the day that they would come to know you. God, for others in our congregation. God, for others that, that just need simple rededication, that need to, to turn it over to you. God, haven't been living exactly the way you wanted to. I just, Father, this is a new day. And God, I pray that they would turn that over to you this, this day. Father, for the call, for, for those that you're seeking, those that you're wanting to serve. God, I just pray for those, and I pray your blessings upon each of those. And Father, as we, we move together, God, I just pray your blessings upon this invitation. God, as we, as we tune everything else out, God, we just focus on you. God, we pray to you. God, we have a vertical conversation with you. God, I just pray that you would touch the lives that need to be touched this morning. These things I ask in your son's precious and holy name.